Hello and welcome again to the Unboxable Unstoppable podcast. Elena Turley here. We have a very special guest. Her name is Rochelle Levenzone. She's an amazing woman, a midwife and someone who just generally is wonderful to talk to and has a lot to share. So I'm really excited to present to you this week my chat with Rochelle. Hi, Rochelle. How are you? Hi, Lena. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here on the screen with me because I've just in case you're listening to this as a podcast, we're also recording a video here and I haven't actually seen Rochelle's face for quite a long time in real life because we've been friends for a long time, but we haven't caught up for various reasons, including what, seven children between us? And yep, and different <laughs> continents, different continents for a, for a while, and now it feels like different continents because we're on different sides of Sydney, so that's yes. always a chance to do that, also. Yes, and COVID, so all those things. But I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you very much. Um, the reason, so first of all, yes, thank you. And first of all, tell me uh, who you are, where you are, and what you do. Um, so my name's Rochelle. I I struggle with this question sometimes because I feel like it's in no particular order or it's not, I'm not listing who I am in priorities of how I see myself in the world. Um, But I'm a woman, I'm a mother, uh, I'm a friend, I'm a partner, I'm a midwife. um, And I like to think lots of other things too, depending on the day and the time. Um, My passion is very much... Uh, connecting people, uh, not only to themselves, but also to a community around them. Uh, And that's where my um, specialty in my midwifery work has led me. Uh, So I I have very much um, a a need to, to help women and families transition through pregnancy uh, into parenting, into mothering, into being a family um, because it is a huge transition and I feel like our society our culture doesn't allow for that it doesn't give us experience it doesn't give us exposure to to pregnancy to birth to breastfeeding to those really often challenging and hard years after the baby's born Um, so that's what I like to do is prepare people for that as much as we can and connect people so that they can support each other through it. That is so beautiful to hear. And I've just remembered why we were friends, Michelle, because that's hugely my mission as well. I carry it out in very different ways, but I talk a lot and feel a lot and think a lot about connecting within and without. And I also struggle to express it. So I, I really relate to what you're saying and I think a lot of us do in our culture because there's this kind of yearning and can you talk to me a little bit more about when you became aware of this part of yourself and this need to do this oh I don't know if I know the answer to that question I think when I was growing up I was quite disconnected um, and I very much found a community and a connection after I'd had my kids with some friends who had kids around the same age and uh, I'd moved up to the Central Coast for a year. And when I got back, a friend said, hey, let's catch up on a Friday morning. 
And then I invited another friend and she invited another friend. And from then on, every Friday morning for about five years, we met up and other people joined. We had more kids. And I mean, these are the people, even if they're not in my life right now, are my lifelong friends. I think when you go through such an incredible time of vulnerability and rawness and strength uh, and compassion and learning and growth with other people, it's very hard to to not stay connected um, with them, whether they're a part of your life or not. So true, isn't um, it? So I think that was a big time. I'd also, you know, I'd, I'd grown up with three sisters, but all my friends were always guys. I'd never really felt the, the womanhood. Um, of course, with my sisters I did, but it's very different. So then to have that in front of me and that support network really, I think, um, helped all of us in ways that I don't think we could even express. So then um, I, I had my first child and it was an incredibly, the birth was an incredibly positive experience for me, um, really challenging those first little while. She was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed before she was even out of my body um, and very challenging in a lot of ways. She's my biggest teacher, my biggest wonderful. I mean, I've got four wonderful children, uh, but she really being the first, it's, it's different. Um, and after that, I became a doula and then I became a birthing educator, went on to have uh, a second child. So my eldest is now 21, my second child's 17, um, and then under the guidance of incredibly wise women in my life, um, I started all of that journey, went on to have twins who are now 14. Uh, and then when they were two, I went back and did my midwifery, which was very much my calling. I realise now lots of, in lots of ways in my life. Um, I took a big break for a while, but then, you know, life got in the way. Uh, but now I'm back and doing it and it, I've realised more and more recently how much I love it and how passionate I am and how committed I am um, and it feels like a, a gift that people are giving me, inviting me into their lives during this sacred time um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a win-win really. That's gorgeous. There's two things I, I was thinking when I when you were well, there was lots of things I was thinking as you were speaking then. And one of them is to ask you about that moment when you said you felt a calling and you when your child was two, when your twins were two, you went and studied midwifery. So at what point did you identify? How did you come to know that midwifery was your calling? Well, I actually think that's only been in the last few years that I realised that this is my calling. I think at the time, you know, I'd, I'd been a doula and a birthing educator and I wanted to become a lactation consultant. And my midwife from my second said, well, why don't you go do your midi? It'll take you just as long. And it was like, okay, well, whatever she says I'll do because she's so incredibly wise. Um, and so I did. And it has its challenges, that's for sure. Uh, the system I find quite difficult in a lot of ways, uh, but I'm not there to change the system. 
and that's not where I feel my role is. I feel my role is very much to support women to make change in the world that way. And families, I don't mean just women, also partners and also the babies. Often they need the support as well. But I do find generally it is the parents that the babies are okay and it's the parents that need the support and the guidance. And what does that look like? What support and guidance do you offer parents? Look, it's different for everybody, really. Uh, So I'm currently a registered and endorsed midwife uh, and also a lactation consultant. So for some people that, look, mostly it's really just holding the space and reassuring people that they're doing okay and that they're Mm. doing the right thing and validating that this is a really tough time Mm. and not sleeping for weeks on end is hard. But it's for me... um, I feel like I need to normalise newborn behaviour. So we live in a culture where everything's such a quick fix, but this is really a slow, slow learning. Beautiful. And what does that mean? Mm, Beautiful. And what does it mean to hold space to you? What does that mean? Uh, Just to be present without judgment, without expectation, without management. Uh, So, again, it's different for everybody whether that might be, you know, assisting hands-on with breastfeeding, for example, or it might even just be pottering around the kitchen, folding some washing so that people don't feel alone. So it really depends um, (laughs) what what a family needs because everybody's different. But at the same time, this is such a basic primal raw time of people's lives that often what they need is quite similar. And interesting too that you're talking about basically the antidotes to disconnection, like we were mentioning before, that maybe in other parts of the world or in other times we would have had aunties, grandmothers, sisters, nieces, whatever around. Our community would have stepped in and I feel that we've lost that art to some degree that uh, often... Yes, and the community wants to step in with, you know, I'll give you a gift and I'll hold the baby and I'll expect you to look after me when I visit your house, you know, as opposed to can I come over and do some washing up? And even as a new mom, I found it difficult to trust that if I invited someone into the circle that they would know that I couldn't look after them or that it would be okay because we've lost that understanding, that tradition. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I do think COVID's made that worse for a lot of cultures because family can't come and visit, whether that's interstate or overseas, it has made it much more isolating in an already isolating experience for most women. But it also is, I think, you know, it's a rite of passage. So to some degree, we do have to walk these hot coals alone, I believe, as a mother. So Mm. it's not about taking away the pain or the growth or the hurt it's Mm. it's about stepping into it and walking through it and coming out the other side yes I think that's so powerful as you're saying that I'm thinking of a family member of mine who's living overseas in a very severely affected area in Europe and has had a baby with special needs and has been completely on her own and uh, her mother has just decided to get special dispensation to go over there and be with her because it's a really difficult experience without without those variables without a lack of support without like you say it's such a huge transition that um i think those of us who've had children know how big a thing it is and talk to me a little bit more about that you mentioned motherhood being a transition 
and motherhood being a process in which we change and evolve in different words. I'd love to hear your take on that and your observation of that and even your own experience of that yourself. Yeah. Look, I mean, there is research that shows that our brain actually changes when we have children. You know, there is change that occurs because we need to prioritise things differently. I think our filters shift and what's important changes. And I think a lot of that even happens through pregnancy. Um, Now, it, it doesn't have to be only people that have babies that go through these kinds of experiences. I think that there can be any and I don't want to use the word trauma because that can be so negative, but any transformational experience, and I believe motherhood can be and is if we allow it, and sometimes even when we don't allow it, it forces us, um, you know, it takes us, takes us to a different place um, and really makes us look deep, deep inside and dig really deep um, to to find what we need to get through it and to grow from it so I think that that's a lot of what it is what has it done for you how have you transformed and how have you transitioned from pre-children to post-children what's happened for you did I ever not have children? I mean, she's 21. <laughs> what was life like without children? I can uh, remind look, you. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, you know, it's funny because I've actually got all my births on video, which I haven't watched for a long time, but I watch the birth of my eldest child and it was all wonderful and beautiful, but she's put on me and the look of absolute terror and fear and shock (laughs) on my face I literally go like whoa what's just happened and then it all goes on from there and you know I I had a very positive birth and you know breastfeeding went well and I didn't have a lot of obstacles and challenges that some women feel um, and experience but it was still a shock for me Uh, And I think having to completely abandon and surrender is is what you just need to do um, as a mother. And, you know, for some people that happens, I believe everyone has a hard time at some stage, whether that's conception, whether it's pregnancy, whether it's birth, whether it's breastfeeding, whether it's the postnatal period. And that doesn't mean that it has to be a negative experience, but it's it's about um, how you come out the other side. So for me, what's most important is that somebody can come out the other side having a positive experience. Um, and often that's associated with the birth, but I don't think it, it always is. Mm, that's very so interesting. So what does, what does it look like for me? Um it's been such a process. I feel like it's, it, it's never ending. Um, I feel like actually now in a lot of ways that my youngest are 14 and I'm coming out of them having four kids for such a long time, being so dependent. Um, I feel like actually only now I'm able to reflect on it much more and, and 
And I feel like through other life experiences that I've had over the last few decades, um, I'm much more open. I'm much more patient. I often joke that it took me four kids to learn patience. Uh, I'm much more tolerant, although my kids might not agree with that. Um, I'm much happier. Um, and I can love in a way that I wasn't able to before. And, and I've done a lot of my own work to get to that place, but I do also uh, thank my children for their unconditional love while I was going through my processes um, that I can now offer them different things than what I could offer before. Mm, that's so interesting, isn't it? Because we're talking a little bit about connection and immediately when you have a child, you have a connection for life, for, their, for the duration of yours and their life together. And that connection begins sometimes even before conception, you know, even as we're dreaming of being a mother. And um, I really relate to what you're saying about that. And I do believe our children are our greatest teachers. And it's very tricky to remember that in moments of challenge sometimes. And it is one of the great gifts of parenting. And, and I think that transition, as you're talking about, it's so difficult to define in words because it's an experiential thing isn't it and it's unique absolutely. it's different for absolutely everybody yeah and but it's do, different with every child as well agreed agreed and I and I do feel and it's interesting that you say that you became a midwife after your twins were two because I do feel that there is a moment after you've had your last children or child where you feel an opportunity I think this is a common experience for women who've had children again not only women who've had children but that's what I focus on and I, I feel like you hello it's all right oh here she is Hi. my big girl my eldest Jay bringing me tea I must oh, have done something right you did well <laughs> Rochelle's lovely daughter has just walked in the room and delivered a lovely teapot to you I must say that was my teapot that I got from her for my birthday oh, so. it's beautiful it's what a good lovely yes. daughter thanks Cookie that's nice. So uh, Sorry it's fine. No, no problem. It's, it's all what we're talking about, really. So, yeah. and I, feel, I, I do feel like there's this amazing moment or series of moments as we start to emerge from that initial phase. Maybe it's newborn, maybe it's toddler, I don't know. But there's often this moment where we feel an opportunity to kind of reinvent or rediscover our purpose, which it sounds like you did as well. And with the guidance of wise people, wise women, as you had, or community, as you also had, we can find that. We can carve our path. And it may not be direct. You know, as you said, you almost did something else. And, you know, it may not be, may not be direct, and that's perfectly fine. I mean, when I met you, you were running a fantastic company with a brilliant name, which delivered organic fruit and vegetables. It was called Lettuce Deliver. Brilliant name. And... Uh, <laughs> And I remember, like, who would have guessed that you'd be a midwife, that we'd be having this conversation on a podcast? You know, like, you don't know. You can't see. Many years later. Right. And I just think that's amazing. And that everything you did leading up to what you do now is all important. And that often we devalue. We see things that we don't finish as failures or we see things that we don't take through to the ultimate becoming the best in the world at it as failures. But I don't believe they are. I mean, they can be perceived that way. But I feel like they are each failure is part of the ultimate success, you know, 
success is personal, but but it's by doing those things and trying those things and trying on the different hats and like it's that's how we come back to ourselves and often we will come back to something we felt as you touched on earlier when we were children something that we experienced when we were children that formed us you know you said you felt disconnected and I had that as well so it's isn't it interesting that I felt extremely disconnected as a child and connection has become like creating communities building connections between and within people has become my mission my main mission so there's no you know and there's this funny sort of divine wisdom there and i'd love to it's hear about trusting the universe as well i know it sounds cliche but the i've uh, yes. very much become much more trusting yes and when things aren't going away I want them to or wanted them to or expected them to or hoped them to yes it's just like, okay this is just a diversion and wherever it's leading me is the right place can you and give really me an example I love that I totally agree oh can I give you an example oh well one doesn't question. come to mind I know it's okay I, when one comes to mind let I'll me know definitely and Let I agree. You know. I totally agree. I think there is definitely something. In fact, I recently did another podcast about exactly this, um, where I talked about mystery, surrender, as you've touched on as well, that becoming a mother allows you or almost forces you in a way to, you said, yeah. abandon and surrender. And I'd love to hear a bit more about what you're abandoning and what you're surrendering to, because I think this is quite key in what we're talking about. Do you mean in motherhood? Or? Yeah, well, you said motherhood has given me uh, the ability to abandon and surrender. So I'd love you to talk a little more about that, what that means to you. I think it's actually forced me to in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I've, I've always been very much a person who, a control freak for lack of better words, and that was uh, through my own life experiences in trauma of, you know, the unexpected can happen at any time. And that was really scary for me. So I needed to kind of control things as much as I could um, just so I could keep hold, uh, that I could hold on for the ride almost. Uh, and then motherhood comes along and there's so much that you have to let go of, whether whatever that is for whoever. And that's where the surrender and the abandon comes into it. And I think when you when you have a child or even when you have, a, I don't want to um, disregard people who choose or can't have children sure. because, Absolutely. you know, this is, we're talking about this in particular as a life experience yes. um, where for these kinds of things like abandon and surrender, but you can have them in, in other yes. areas of your most life Most definitely, well. most um, definitely. But I think you just have to, you know, you have to get up for the baby. You can't, you know, you just have to. And for women that can't, um, they need extra support and they need extra kindness from the people around them. Um, But patience is definitely something I've learned, doing everything my way in my time, the way I want it done is something I'm getting better and better and better at. Um, <laughs> and you know what? For me, the world is a is a nicer and happier place. And there's so much um, joy and love to share 
as well, I think. Well, there has been in my experience for me with my children. Mm. Um, and they also um, have given me purpose in a way that I didn't realise um, I needed. And so that's been another gift. Uh, in terms of surrendering, oh, God, it's everything from the physical, your body in a physical way, whether it's birth or how you feel about your body afterwards, how your body looks, the changes it goes through, whether, again, that's during pregnancy or, or after the baby's born, um, but also very much on an emotional level, like what I've touched on, just needing to really be there for this person because they they need us and that's not just the mothers that can also be the fathers the aunties the grandparents the community that you described earlier um mm. and then you know on the spiritual level as well i think mm. there's a lot um to to offer um and a lot of forgiveness i think maybe that's something i've learned also mm. through motherhood is to forgive myself and kindness and much like I said at the beginning I think more tolerant of other people um, and the way they choose to do things and what would you say to someone who is struggling with that who is struggling to forgive themselves for their imperfections or struggling to accept and surrender to the process that we're talking about here I'd say you're not alone firstly um, you know, a friend of mine, I'll never forget, she described when she was, when she had her babies who are same ages as mine, she lived in Bondi and it's very hilly and, you know, she'd be up at three in the morning breastfeeding and she'd see lights on all around Bondi and she would imagine to herself that they are all breastfeeding mothers as well with those lights on and it made her feel much more connected and less isolated, which I think is such a beautiful way to approach it. But that doesn't answer your question. Um, what would I say? I'd say be kind to yourselves and, and there's help out there, you know. Seek help. Find, find your tribe. Find your community. Or, or find um, professionals that can, that can help you and support you mm, and definitely. guide you through this. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I know I had to do that too. I mean, I definitely remember having that feeling of not being alone, breastfeeding in the middle of the night as well, and needing to feel that. And I also remember feeling into areas of myself that were not okay and understanding that I could not heal those things on my own. And I remember need, I, I spent probably, I don't know, 12 years, maybe a bit less, but and I'm still spending time on this. It's not, it's not something that ever ends for me, but there are parts of me that require healing, ongoing healing, and there'll be big breakthroughs or there'll be maintenance, but, but there's parts of me that require collaborative healing. It's part of the reason I'm so driven to create safe communities for women is because I think I've needed those and I still need them. And we that, all do. Like, like, right we're human it's actually hardwired into us it's how Absolutely. we survive right Absolutely. so and this is something that I just feel and it's not always in a group situation maybe it's one-on-one -on -one with a therapist and you might have to try 10 therapists before you find the right one or it might be a body a somatic trauma healing issue I've had somatic experiences which I've talked about in the past and will no doubt continue to talk about because they've been transformative and 
one of the reasons I train martial arts is because that is a form of somatic healing for me. It's a way of moving energy around the body and keeping things moving in the body and through the body, and that's important for me. Otherwise, it can get a bit stuck. I'm aware of that, that, yeah. that my body holds certain emotions, and I think everybody's yeah. does, but um, I've become aware of how I do that. So those things and what you say about being willing to just keep trying to find what you need is so powerful. And trying new things as well because what you needed yes. a week ago or a year ago or a decade ago may yes. not be what you need now. And if something worked for you before, maybe you've just worked through that and you don't need that process. And so being willing and open to trying new processes I think is important too. Absolutely. And having that spiritual, you, you mentioned spiritual, I mean, the word spiritual gets overused, but I feel like we can intuit, we can perceive breadcrumbs that carry us on a path. We can find certain things we need at certain times. And we do that by kind of tuning a little, a little more finely to those, picking up those things that we need and picking up the messages. There might be people listening to this now who are picking up what they need to pick up. And I think that's a really important kind of muscle to train. You know, we need to keep Absolutely. training that and that's crucial. And one of the reasons conversations like this are really important, I think, is because they allow us to pick up what we need and they give us more access to ideas we may not have thought of ourselves, you know, yeah. and that's yeah. powerful. And, yeah, women getting and together. spirituality has definitely been overused, but then, I mean, you can use whatever language resonates with you so you might find trust your gut is is a phrase that you find much more accessible than spirituality so it, it's really again about being open to however you can walk through that door mm. and we might feel it in different parts of the body like you say so some people might get a gut feeling some people might get a tingly some people might get it, you know, like it might be a different part of our body. I think the gut is a common one. But I, I also know that there have been different sensations that I have received over, the, over my lifetime that have given me different information. And certainly by tuning into ourselves, we can pick up those things and connecting in other ways, like listening to us talk or joining up with communities. There's, there's so many ways. But, but we do need to, I feel, that the essential component is willingness. If we are willing to take those steps, willing to open our ears and eyes, feel into the body, willing to do whatever it takes to yeah. find what we need, then we can become, I guess, better custodians of our families, of our earth, of our communities and, and connect um, more authentically with each other. And that's so key, you know. So I feel like this is kind of why we need to keep talking like this over and over again and all the different ways that each of us do this. It's so crucial. And that's where I feel my place is because motherhood is such an opportunity to do everything that you've just described. Yes. Um, and forces us to in ways that I think other areas of our lives doesn't force us to. Yes. And so that I guess where I've just found my, my portal is through mm. that experience. And it's a great honour and privilege of, of the women that are able to have children to have that opportunity. You know, it's not one I take lightly. And it's not one that everybody's able to experience. And that's a, a very powerful to thing. Experience. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Absolutely. And you know what? The process of, of choosing not to experience that or the process of also not being very able important. to 
is also, uh, you know, it's almost the same thing in a different way. And I don't mean Absolutely. to undermine people's um, trauma of either not being ha- able to have children or or losing a child. Um, and society's expectations uh, are so great in this realm mm. that it is difficult to make those choices. And often for a lot of women, it's actually harder to make that choice then just follow society's expectations of having kids because that's what you do. Absolutely. I always knew I was going to be a a mum. That was something that I had never considered that that would not be part of my path. And and I'm so blessed that um, my body and everything came together for me to be able to have four amazing wonderful it's miraculous that's miraculous it is miraculous Mm. it is it is and I guess the other part of this that's interesting I think for the people that might be listening to what we're talking about is for those who are just feeling unsure of themselves unsure of their next steps unsure of their purpose what would you say to those people well, I think I touched on it early uh, when I said kindness. Mm, same. You know, I, I often say to women that I'm, um, I don't want to say caring for, but, to, you know, uh, caring for. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say I, I challenge you to love yourself half as much as you love your baby. That's you nice. Know? Yeah. And be kind and to yourself half as much as you are to your baby you know now not everybody has the experience of loving their baby straight away or again it's different for everybody but just just think about that you know treat yourself as you would treat others and and see how that works for you Mm. and see if you're you're much kinder to yourself yeah I feel like we almost need to be be our own best friend sometimes as a mom you know like we have to actually treat ourselves like we would our best friend or our child or it's the same thing exactly yeah I agree and um, I think that a lot of uh, peace and patience, as you've mentioned, can come from that kindness, from the allowing things to happen in their time, trusting and allowing. And I think if you're having a struggle, if you're not able to trust and not able to allow, then that is a flag. That's a little message to you that there's a part of you that needs some help. And that's where you go, the channel that we've talked about before, because it's not always possible to do that, is it? As much as we want to. And I know there's been plenty of times in my life, I was, no matter how much someone told me that that was the answer, I couldn't do it. And if you you can't do it, that's when you get help. That's when you listen to people like us share what we've done. That's when you join communities like the ones we create to get support, because I don't believe we're supposed to do it alone. So no, it all, all of the things we're talking about are kind of leading back to these themes, aren't they? And it's, it's just interesting yes. how you just can't get away from it. And I think these, no. are, real, these are really archetypal themes that just yes. and recur I do and also recur. I think in, in some ways it's also the stage and time in our life that we are is yes. that we're stepping into that wise woman role and yes. that we have grown and learned and experienced and hurt and yes. loved and hated and, and all of those things. And I think that for me and for the people around me that I see, there comes a time in your life for acceptance and also gathering all of that yes. to be able to share. Yes, absolutely. That's a real yeah, and it's a real balance too. Like 
I feel like I need to, I, I am much more aware of, and I guess maybe I've trained my ability to keep a balance between the outpouring and the receiving and that that balance is crucial, that I kind of know if I've invited too many people over to my house weekends in a row that I need to stop doing that and have a couple of weekends on my own or, yep. you know, and I literally put that in my calendar, like, you know, yep. blocked out, no one's coming over, I'm having some me time. Right. Yep, introvert, yep. you know, the introvert, extrovert thing. And uh, but then also sometimes I feel isolated. I need to connect. I need to create connection. I need to build up, you know, and it's that thing of being able to tune in before it becomes an issue, before you fall into a pit of despair. And yeah, and it's really, um, again, something like it's a practice. It's a life practice to be aware of that balance. And, you know, again, martial arts, one of the keys to martial arts is balance as well. It's like it's this general principle that if we forget about it or we don't consciously kind of become aware of it it sort of bites us on the bum you know <laughs> a little bit yeah and I also think uh, that you realize that um, how precious life is as well and to appreciate it much more than I than I used to anyway um, and that's through you know the the sad passing of close friends but it's also about the people that I still have around me um, helping me and allowing me to do that. Most definitely. And, and the way, you know, that, that again is not possible without being aware of those connections at a deeper level. Do you do any kind of practice yourself to connect more deeply within? Look, I haven't been so good at that lately, to be honest. Um, But as I say that one of the best ways I think I've been doing that in the last year and a half is actually in a new relationship that I'm in that is so wonderful in so many ways and that um, does allow me to connect more deeply with myself because I'm giving and receiving in ways that I never even imagined was possible Um, and so that that helps Uh, but of course there's other ways that I would like to be doing more but I think they're more tangible more scheduled more um you know the, the brain telling me well you need to exercise more and you need to this and you need to that um but as you asked that question what came to mind was relationships and those habits come and go we all know that yeah and, and that's and, friendships as well and the people yeah. in my life yeah definitely it's so lovely to talk to you, Rochelle. I feel like we've covered some we awesome do. ground. We have. Is there anything else you feel to add Lots now? Lots of food for thought. <laughs> um, uh, just for the people listening, just, you know, again, be kind to yourselves and uh, you're not always going to get it right and that's okay. Um, but, you know, if you get it right most of the time, you're winning. You really are, even just some of the time sometimes. And and hold on to that light if there's darkness. Um, just feed that and allow that to grow. And uh, keep listening because it's a great podcast that Elena's got going. So Thank you, darling. Stay tuned. Thank you so much. Well, I'm very, very pleased to have you here. Like always, I always say at the end of every podcast, please share this with someone who you think might get something out of it. I know that Rochelle has shared a lot and I really appreciate it. It's been a very beautiful chat and very wholesome, plenty to think about. And um, 
please share, review whatever you do with podcasts you like so that we can keep doing this and get it out to all the people that need it because I think there's a lot of people in the world who need this connection with these ideas and this stuff. I can hear my daughter in the background rummaging through the Lego. <laughs> I hope you can hear that too. <laughs> Here we are, you know, perfectly imperfect. <laughs> there she is. Hi, Jemima. Perfectly imperfect as we are talking about before. But, um, Rochelle, I will leave you to your day and to your lovely daughter. And um, thank you again so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you for listening, guys. Bye.